It's Sunday, July 26th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 15 of Roll Up and Die. You're garbage. You kills for money. Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. I just uh, occasionally like. <laughs> is your audacity started? Yeah, it is now. Okay, well, <laughs> shit. What kind of sick? All right, am here's I? the banter. Uh, Incoming banter. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. <laughs> uh, how have I put this in the past? I feel like my body is evacuating itself, not unlike the Tantive Four in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. <laughs> That's how I feel. Is the are the guys aboard the Star Destroyer saying, "Hold your fire"? There's no life forms aboard. <laughs> There's no life forms. <laughs> yeah, that's ex- no. They're not holding their fire at all. <laughs> did you eat something bad? Yeah. What you did? Wh- was it the first off? Was it the off, buffalo wings again with the hair in them? No, with the hair in them. No. <laughs> but first off, it's interesting because I don't like talking about food poisoning because it's like too much information. Yes. But. Just saying you have food poisoning is too much information. Like, yeah. everybody knows. Hey, this is this is roll up and die. We don't pull punches here. Go <laughs> yeah, on. No. Yeah. If you're rolling up and dying on the can, you need to <laughs> talk right. about it here. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's good to have a trash can next to your toilet. And if you're doing it in a hotel and you don't have a trash can next to your toilet, Ice the, the hotel maid is, is going to get confused. I... <laughs> <laughs> I would I I would say the ice bucket would be my first uh, go to in that situation. Oh, that's a great idea. Did grab oh, the man. ice bucket on the way into the bathroom if you feel like it's going to be a, a double header. So, oh man, other people are going to use that though. Well, they they'll never know. I mean, I use those <laughs> yeah, bed sheets, but... and I guarantee. I, I I just better not think about it. You know, that's how I do it. I'm not saying I've done that in the past. I'm just saying no, that no, no, would no. be my first someone like, instinct. Could. Someone. Oh, someone absolutely has. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That's why that little plastic baggie <laughs> is Probably worse. That's why there's Probably that little worse. plastic bag in the ice bucket so that... Yeah, you think they do that for the ice? No. Plastic no, bucket. no, no, no. You don't no. need a bag it for the ice. <laughs> you bag it for the poop. <laughs> What? I was I wasn't thinking the poop. I was thinking the 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 vomit. But I guess I guess you know what? If you're I, if you're I don't know why I, into I, the I toilet imagine. and crapping into the ice bucket, I feel like you need to reprioritize. Yes, I, <laughs> my bro- you, you may want to cut my, may want to cut back on the schnapp. My my, <laughs> my brain is definitely so shot that it's like, well, you got to make a decision. You're gonna puke or shit into the toilet, and that's really not a decision. That's kind of just true. for you. That's true. Yeah, but, that is true. Uh, that in is my true. In whichever my mind, whichever in hits first, yeah. Yeah, in my mind, I mean, I guess that's just not efficient. No, really. I. It's kind of making me paranoid now, though. It's like I, I feel like I need to take a black light next time I stay, stay at a motel or a hotel. Oh, or I would, like that. I would that, vehemently uh, uh, not recommend doing that. No, you you would be able to see that hotel room from space. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be like it would look like the when Frodo puts the ring on in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and when you turn that black light on, just like <laughs> like oh my the look god, on his face. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my god. How did he get it on the ceiling? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Jesus. 
Hi guys. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that, that, that's probably the fastest we've gone downhill. I, <laughs> I wish we could have started off at the bottom, but still. You guys just want to call it here? A three-minute yeah. episode of Roll Up and Die? <laughs> We're jumping the shark here on Roll Up and Die. We just got to outdo ourselves every time. As people are driving their cars, listening to our podcast, and throwing up into bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, we oh. talked about weather for ten minutes. I think yeah. a couple episodes yeah, ago. I, I, so now, now it's, I guess yeah, now this would this would in fact be the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this would be in fact be the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> Speaking of weather, I would like to have Nate back on this show at some point to talk about I'd the like weather. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Most well, like maybe perhaps technically weather would be a good subject, but no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I uh, I uh, I was I was in Canada, so I, I or Washington. I just wasn't able to record with you guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it was I, I it was like great me. having Nate on. He was a, a yeah, he was a lot of fun. He was, and he I think he he brings a very interesting perspective uh, to to the podcast. I feel like so it was fun he's having like him a, on. He's like a D and D old soul. Like he's totally new at the hobby, but he doesn't seem like he's new. Yeah, like you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> think talking to him like oh you haven't been doing this for very long, and so then when you find out that he's only been doing it for like a year, you're like oh that's really interesting. Actually. You know, on the uh, you know just on the other hand, it kind of makes me angry. And it's because you know, I worked like 30 years to get to this point. And, he, and here's this guy. He's played for like a week. He comes in and he's playing the exact same way. It's like, fuck you. Listen here. You know <laughs> I earned this. You don't get to have it in a week. You didn't go through the trials. <laughs> you weren't there for fourth edition, man. You weren't there. You don't know what it was like. <laughs> Speaking of editions, all right. So, what was your what was the first D and D edition? You know, let's actually broaden it. Okay. What was the first role playing game book that you ever took a look at? That I ever looked. That I ever looked. Oh well, at? Oh, yeah. I, I mentioned it before. Mine, mine was the original, uh, the original uh, kind of mauve box. It's not really a red box, but it's a mauve box. The original uh, box edition D and D back box. in eighty. Oh man, it must have been eighty two. I want to say, and. Uh, I, guess I, was, I, I think I was like a butterfly at that time in my previous <laughs> life. In your previous life. Yeah, yeah. You were still living out your past life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's an 80, 82. So I, I, there was there was literally no one to learn from at that point. There was no one else playing it. or There were a few, but we were scattered all across the globe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, So it was just a friend of mine and I who sat down and just you know, in the floor, reading the rules and figuring out how to play it and start from scratch. So, yeah, that was that was the beginning for me. Awesome, Matt. The the first book that I ever looked at. Um, well, you know, not like, you know, oh, look, it's a it's a book. What the hell is this? But like looked at with, <laughs> you know, with role playing eyes uh, that it would have been the um, the third edition uh, player's handbook. Um, because the first role-playing game that I ever played was the Star Wars West End games, but I didn't really look at the books because my dad was kind of heading it up and I was just kind of along for the ride. But the first book that I actually like sat and flipped through and read was the uh, third edition player's handbook. Cool, man. Which is, I think somewhere around here or no those are the three five mm-hmm. books i don't know where my third edition books are but they're somewhere i, I that was I'm, I'm the same way with third edition uh that wasn't my first book that i looked at but that was kind of the first that was the first book that i bought right for mm. sure it was yeah. just like 
Like, and I didn't really know what it was, but I kind of did. And I was like, this, something, something about this yeah. is for me. And it I was check the, it, uh, it was the sword lock on the cover that got me. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I want to get that tattooed somewhere at some point. That sword lock oh, from the third cool. edition player's handbook. Yeah. On your face. On my, directly on my forehead. <laughs> across my eye. So when I close my eye, the lock closes. Matt yeah. third edition. Matt third edition. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm going to get... What, was it Lita the Rogue? I'm going to get her Ooh, on my forearm, yeah. and every time I flex, she dances. Dude, That's I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I like the, what was his name? I think it was, I think it was Redgar, the fighter. Mm-hmm. And he had the, he had the great sword with the spring blades. Oh man, he was cool too. I loved all the iconic characters from third edition. Mm. I think those were my favorite, yeah. like, um, like iconic characters from anything. Cause it was all, it was Todd Lockwood, who's one of my favorite artists. He did all the mm-hmm. third edition stuff, so. I loved it. Yeah, that pulled me. Yeah, in. you guys actually got the good art when when I when yeah. I started the artwork was like you know they, it was like hey man we don't have any money to pay an artist yeah. will you draw, just draw on our uh, player's my twelve handbook? year old cousin drew this <laughs> skeleton will you, will you draw a picture for daddy <laughs> for daddy's book go ahead you know. we'll credit you in the book kid we'll credit you. they're like yeah. they find like drawings on a piece of paper and next to it it says like Metallica and they like they had to cut that out and use that <laughs> right for the, for the yeah. drawings <laughs> yeah exactly some kid's like school notebook that he's just been doodling. <laughs> I, my favorite is the invisible stalker i think it's from third edition where it's just it's a p- picture but there's nothing yeah. there yeah that's right. yeah <laughs> that's my favorite and like you know someone got paid royalties for that shit oh like, yeah that's right absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh but actually my my first role-playing uh i don't know my first role-playing time was werewolf the apocalypse oh and, yeah, we never actually played, but we made characters mm. and thought about them. So that was that would probably be my <laughs> thanks for the snort. Thought about them? Did you never? Have you never made a character and just thought about it? No, I've I have so many characters like that sitting around. So I, yeah. I understand. Uh, that's it. That is a uh, a genre that I've never broken into at all is the werewolf and the vampire games um, yeah world of darkness yeah just world of darkness in general which is weird because it's like i like when i first came to youtube and was looking for rpg stuff who did i stumble upon gentleman gamer and that's like his yeah. his bread and that butter is, thing, is the yeah. world of darkness stuff and like it's his I, domain exactly it's his domain his domain and we do not <laughs> enter into his domain that and 50 shades of gray dude. That, that's that's what i tune in for i showed i showed heather that my wife oh my god uh, oh they're so good 50, they're so and, you know, good it was funny for a little he bit and good. then she didn't want to turn it off and i was like no we're done here. no okay <laughs> yeah, we're, now we're, now it's not funny I'm feeling insecure turn it you're, off you're yeah. liking it too much baby <laughs> <laughs> no that's the, that's the thing is like i've watched a ton of his videos on on world of darkness but it is it is both something that has never truly grabbed my attention and also something that is just i've never been exposed to it in any sort of tangible way i don't i, I don't think i've ever even mm. talked to anyone in real life who is who's played one of those games that's just sort of so far out of my wheelhouse that i've never yeah. thought about it but see i i still want to i i'm kind of the same way but i definitely want to play it yeah like you know what I mean? Like that's one. That's a bucket list game. Uh, specifically, I think there's one called Wraith that I've heard about. Yeah, Wraith the Oblivion. Wraith the Oblivion. Yeah. Really want to really want to jump into that, but I don't know anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's so there's just a ton of games in there. Like I I like uh, what is it? Hunter the Vigil. Is that what it's called? I like I like uh, Hunter the Reckoning. The Reckoning is the one I'm thinking of. Right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I don't know. If only we had some if sort of only... device that allowed us to look this shit up instantaneously. <laughs> Hunter the Hunter Thermostat, Hunter the Reckoning, Hunter the Vigil, Hunter the Office. 
Hunter the Office is the one I'm thinking of. That's the one where you have to use office supplies to kill people. No, that's the Dunder Mifflin Company, I believe. Oh, anyway. gotcha. Oh, okay. <laughs> there might be multiple. Like, wow. there's Vampire the Masquerade and Vampire yeah. the Requiem. Requiem. So right. there might be multiple versions of Hunter too. I don't know. There's Werewolf the Apocalypse, Apocalypse. Werewolf the Forsaken. <clears throat> Man, that's a, that's the thing with White Wolf games. All their titles are just like metal as shit. Just like oh yeah, like <laughs> right the yeah, Oblivion. Like that just sounds like an album that I would have listened to in high school. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, sure. No, no. What if your name was the title of a werewolf or excuse me a world of darkness game what would the subtitle be like alex if you're if you're if a book was alex colon the oh the unforgiven matt you have to go first i need to think oh my god i need to think too that's not fair uh, i would probably do uh the uh barker the oh gosh uh Anytime you want to jump in, Matt, you can. I, all right, I think mine would be Matt the Load. <laughs> <laughs> like L O D E? No, like L O A D. Like I, I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of that kind of just exemplifies my life at the moment. Is Matt the Load? <laughs> be it would probably. be the worst role playing game of all time. <laughs> It's like roll to come home from work and take your pants off immediately. <laughs> roll to roll to leave the pants in the hallway instead of taking them directly to the hamper. <laughs> roll roll to find your work clothes in the pile of laundry you haven't you've refused to fold in three weeks. <laughs> Just, roll to spray some still worth putting on. <laughs> yeah, I can get away with this one more day. <laughs> roll to order out for for dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Bar- yeah. all right, Barker. What's yours? I'd probably be uh, Barker the procrastination. I was I was thinking about going with the uh, procrastination as well, so that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, all the rules. Which, which, are which like, by the way, you can roll all, for, if you want at any point. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> which, really which no by the way, for, for all of you, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Provokers buffs. That was the original name of the provokers. Was the procrastinators, <laughs> the procrastinators. but they never got around to it. <laughs> Not the procrastinators. <laughs> they just never got around to it. Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll gosh. save the world at some point. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. I feel like uh, Barker <laughs> the procrastination is a game that you would actually never play. Like you would just you would th- you <laughs> right. would you would it's plan you would plan for just, it. Like oh man, we need to get together and play some Barker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll hit call you, you up. Sometime. Yeah, I'll hit you. I'll up, let man. you know. I'll let you know if the if the time doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be, it'll be like the release date is perpetually tomorrow or next right. week or something. <laughs> and the game is just an empty box. So it is. Yeah. It's just an empty <laughs> box. Nothing in it. We just designed three terrible role playing games. <laughs> We can make millions. <laughs> I know they'd sell. You know they'd sell. Tony, dude, if Shadowrun can do it, we can do it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Wait, do you not like Shadowrun? Part of our no, I actually, I, I really, I no, I enjoy Shadowrun. I think it's a little ham-fisted. Yeah. It's a little. Uh, there's a little much going on in Shadowrun. Yeah. Like there's a. I, no, I'm cool with it. I think that it's a lot. Uh, I don't know. I we we had a conversation about this, Matt. We were talking we about did. Dresden Files, and yeah. I, I enjoy. Oh, yeah. I enjoy, you know, the aspect of Dresden Files where 
you know, nobody except for Dresden and, you know, another and other fantasy creatures, no one else knows that magic exists. Yes. Yeah. So it's like in so it technically like it could be happening right now. Right. We just right. don't know about it. <clears throat> but like Shadowrun, there's a fucking dragon flying over Los Angeles yeah. and everybody's got implants yeah. and abilities and and that's just you know, I'd it's just you know, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just not mine. Yeah, I I get that. Yep. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, but I don't. Mm. We don't. We don't want to veer too far into this conversation because we don't have it. We, we don't want to have a repeat of our of the lost Harry Dresden Batman debacle. <laughs> oh, the last episode. The, the last lost episode. episode of Roll Up and Die. <laughs> we yeah. Uh, last week, for those of you who have realized, oh, we skipped a week. Uh, we had a, an episode that we're gonna we're gonna do again. I'd like to do it again. Yeah. Uh, about. Definitely, um, it was a good one. Character backgrounds, right? It was super great. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I, you know, I may or may not have talked some smack about uh, some sort of you know, Cape caped, Crusader. Cape yeah. Crusader. Barker was talking shit about backstory. Batman, and I wasn't standing for it. Is what it came down to. <laughs> but anyway, Matt, instead of being like Barker, we're done talking. This relationship is over. He <laughs> sent me three graphic novels, and like. Matt, you got on Amazon and you paid for that stuff, and I—I I mean, yep. dude, that's thank you. Dude. <clears throat> You're really, welcome. Thank you. Anyone, any, anyone who wants to talk shit about Batman in my presence <laughs> is going to get those three Batman comics. Oh, uh, by the way, Matt Click, you can email him at a fistful oh. of dice. <laughs> I wish I'd known that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, "Fuck Batman!" You're like, oh shit, I got to spend a oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, Tila. Here goes the honeymoon it. money. I got to buy yeah, all these guys. Yeah, Batman we can't afford comics. the wig anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. people just keep talking shit about Batman. <laughs> I, but I finished the first uh, graphic novel, Year One, and I I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. I'm really excited for the next one, and yeah. especially the the third one. Which is the longest Halloween? The long Halloween, yeah. The long Halloween, which yep. <laughs> uh, I've heard from at least five people that that's mm. their favorite Bat comic. So. Yeah, long Halloween yeah. is is probably my favorite as well. But uh, Dark Knight Returns is is pretty close. So yeah, all right. I'm gonna. One, one I'll of the really ahead. cool aspects about Batman, though, is the fact that he is um, uh, kind of the law enforcement. I was city. just about to do that, Alex. You're an asshole. He <laughs> Alex, from the, the segue. That <laughs> was beautiful. It was. Oh. Russian judge gives you a 9.5 on that segue. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roll Up and Die, your municipal and slash or magistrate RPG podcast. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And Alex just totally uh, jumped in front of me and Richard Sherman that... Uh, Boom. Oh, sports <laughs> reference in the middle of an RPG podcast. Uh, that was oh. bad. Bad call. Dislikes galore. Uh, but no, uh, what like he said, we're talking about law enforcement today. Uh, how to take law enforcement in RPGs, which is something that you see in lots of role-playing games, mm-hmm. right? Town guards and uh, town watches and... Stuff like that, and how to make it interesting, and how to make it non-cliche, which has kind of become our thing. So, Alex, <laughs> go ahead and uh, kind of jump into, you know, what do you think about law enforcement in, in a role? Sure. Well, uh, at least uh, what, from what I've seen in a lot of games, they tend to be rather, you know, uh, kind of in the background, and um, they they really need to be more. More in the foreground, especially in a city. A city is has to have kind of the epitome of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're in a city, they have to have um, 
much stricter laws and regulations than, say, if you're in a town. And I don't see that being portrayed a lot. Um, back when uh, uh, when we first started playing, we uh, dabbled around with an evil party. And so uh, what we would do to make, to make money in between adventures is to find an alley somewhere in a town and would put a bag of coins, you know, kind of half spilled out in this alley and we'd wait someone to walk along and pick, you know, they'd stop to pick it up, bend over and would, you know, hit them with an arrow in the back and then, then loot them, you know, and then we just yeah. drag their, drag their body away and then wait for another one. Jesus. And, you know, <laughs> Take yeah, we got drink. away, we, we, <laughs> <laughs> ding dong, <laughs> but we so got long. away with it. And looking back on that, it's like, you, you know, there should have been town guards, uh, city guards who, who did something about this. You know, someone would have, yeah. uh, you know, someone would have intervened at some point. And we just kept, we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And, uh, who was the DM? What was this oblivion? I know. <laughs> no, it, um, but you see it all the time with, uh, with characters who go into taverns and get in fights and maybe, maybe they kill someone, you know, uh, a, wizard sets up a fireball in the middle of a town square you know you have all these things happening and there seem to be in many cases that i've seen anyway not many repercussions from it and you know there's no um there's no consequences for their actions a lot of times and yet the whole point of a city guard is to you know enforce the law to keep the peace to um if it's you know more totalitarian city maybe uh enforce a lot more than that but they're yeah. there to sort of keep that sort of thing from happening and to arrest those who, who, you know, violate it. Right. And, you know, keeping in mind that, you know, when you're running a role-playing game, you kind of have, you're kind of charged with this idea that you have to make things somewhat realistic, but also fun. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it's difficult having a realistic town guard because then it's like your players are getting arrested every single session because <laughs> they're players uh, eating Funyuns, and for some reason, Funyuns, the food coloring in there makes them just want to break fictional, fictional laws. Uh, at least <laughs> There's that's, something that's what, in the Funyuns. They're going crazy. A, yeah, that's what my scientific findings that's, have found. That's science, but, folks. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, peace. We're done. Um, but, uh, so I think it, 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 before we get too much into that, do you guys want to go around and kind of create a cliche law, like town guard or law enforcement agency in a city? Sure. Yeah, like, right. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I like I like starting off with crappy ideas. I feel like that. <laughs> nothing oh, gets we, the we mind got you though. there. We're yeah, we, we got those. <laughs> we, we, got, we have a wealth of crappy ideas. Oh yeah, I mean, that's really what we do. So well, I got my. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, first off, I think it should be established that these guards all have ridiculously thick Cockney accents. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, <laughs> give, give me what are you doing over here? You know, just that, that kind of thing. Oi, oi! <laughs> Drop your sword! You know, that kind, of, that kind of thing. You never hear a guard that's like, oh, hello, yes, I'm in the yeah. town guard. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm here for. Excuse me. Exactly. I'm like, hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. Captain Cockney. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the town guard always just seems to show up and either harass the uh, uh, the players, uh, the PCs, or uh, help them out. So, in other words, uh, if they're losing in a fight, they show up to you know to get them out of the trouble, 
or if they're more used as kind of a meta tool that I've seen, and that, mm-hmm. that, that that's the mm-hmm. worst thing I've seen. Where the if they if the GM feels that the players are sort of getting out of hand, then all of a sudden, then the town guards show up to yeah. kind of rein them in. Um, or if they if they look like they're in trouble, they pick they bit off more than they could chew. Then the town guard shows up to save their ass. Yeah. But you know, th- there doesn't th- there doesn't seem to be any sort of um any sort of thought as to really you know really what they would be doing. You know, are they patrolling? Are they doing that sort of thing? So the yeah the, the stereotypical town guard uh, shows up when needed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a really good point. Uh, the meta aspect yeah. of it too, because yeah. and I'm I'm so guilty of that. Like, all right, guys, oh, you sure. guys are being assholes. The town guard shows up. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't have too much more to add, except for there always seems to be far too few of them or far too many of them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there's either two guards for this entire city and you're trying to evade them, and it's like, oh my gosh, this place would be in total chaos if that right. were the case. Sure. Or they're everywhere you are, there's a guard, he's looking at you because he knows you're a player in Dungeons and Dragons. And he just, <laughs> he knows that you're about to, like, take some mysterious quest and steal some shit. <laughs> That's right. He knows you're the rogue. Yeah, I would also say that um, usually they're depicted as fairly bumbling and incompetent compared to the adventurers. Like they're they yeah. don't have as nice of equipment. They're not as good at fighting. Um, they're not as skilled, and oftentimes they're either all corrupt and terrible, or none of them are corrupt and terrible. And I like to think of guards more as like there's going to be bad ones and good ones. Like there's going to be ones that like to uphold the law and and do their job, and there's ones that are going to be willing to you know overlook things with a few well placed gold coins. So yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that that in in a lot of people run them like stormtroopers. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> if if you if you have a if you have a bad party, they're pretty much there just to be sh- killed. Yeah, you know, to miss. That's right. Yeah. Some guards miss, in, they, in they leather armor hits. with crossbows are coming. It's like, oh, we're not scared. We're good. <laughs> we're, we got we're gonna this. miss Move all along. those bolts. I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> uh, you don't need a CR identification. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so if you want to make your town guard better, you give them uh, just a standard English, like a Southern English accent, and you make them have an intelligence score higher than fourteen. There you go. All right, guys, that was roll up and die. Thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs> Easy, easy. Well, <clears throat> well, chances are they they would be they would be of the higher class too because mm-hmm. yes. um, you know they they would get these jobs uh, through relatives or because they know someone. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, well, at least in a city. Uh, yeah. Town guard are, are pro- uh, on the other hand, are probably more volunteer oriented. So there, there might there might be one or two who are full time, but if it's just a yeah. town out in the middle of nowhere, then you're gonna have two full time, you know, uh, town guards, and then maybe a dozen or so, you know, volunteers who show up when they blow the whistle or whatever. Right. You know, grab their sword out from behind their bed and they head out the door. <clears throat> yeah, I was. So, I think of yeah, city guard. As, I, I mean, that would be a pretty cushy job in in a, in a medieval style city. Like you get to walk around, you get nice equipment. Most of the time, you don't have to deal with a whole lot, and so you would, in order to get that job, you would have to have some sort of connection, like you're saying, Alex. And so it would yeah. it would be more not not nobility, but it would be more of no, the upper no. crust, you know, the middle class people, not the people you know rooting around in the mud and stuff. But well, sure, because mm-hmm. the, the you think about it, the, at least in a, in a typical city. The merchants are the ones with the money. 
and the yeah. nobles. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want guards who are going to be sympathetic toward them, exactly. who are going to come running and protect them when things go south, versus you know running to protect the innocent you know people in the in the slums. Right. So mm-hmm. they they're going to want their own people in place, and uh, yeah. yeah. So they're going to want they're going to have some influence on that certainly. Yeah, exactly. So, pu- so putting a place inside of your city, uh, you know, putting like different regions inside of your city, you know, some that have less law enforcement than others. Oh, absolutely. Is super yeah. realistic. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like in real life where there are areas where, you know, there just aren't a lot of cops, and then there are areas where there's mm-hmm. cops all the time. I mean, it's that's just kind of how it works with patrols and all of that, and. Uh, you know, like Alex is saying, there are going to be areas of the city that the guard is going to prioritize just because of where their money is coming from. Yeah, uh, strangely, that's where the nice houses are. That's yeah, so weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> There's well, a lot well, of guards there. Pay no attention. <laughs> pay no attention. Well, and conversely, it's not necessarily just that the nobility or the merchants are paying the guards to patrol their areas more. It might be that the local thieves guild or a similar organization is paying off the guards to not come by their area. So it's like, stay out of the slums. Like it's dangerous for guards to come down here and we want to be able to conduct our business in peace. So here's some coin to stay out of our area. Exactly. So on the flip side, they're going to be guards who are on the take. Yeah. Who are, who are getting extra money from the thieves guild to not look into things. Exactly. And so, you know, you're going to have those too. So there's a, there's a, there can be a lot of depth to the town guard. And uh, as much as depth as, as any NPC in the in your city, it's interesting to me. Like <clears throat> that, you know, the town guard is it's always very it's prominent, but it's not so prominent as to involve the PCs in the adventure. Like it, they never like say, "Hey, you want to join the town guard?" No, it's always the town guard is evil, and we want to be hired by the <clears throat> wizard in the corner of the tavern. That's that's our go to, <laughs> or it's. You know, like you said, they're in the background until you need them. They're Elder Scrolls guards. You right. know, I made yeah. an Oblivion joke, you know, earlier. But if you commit any crime and a guard sees you, it's like, hey, stop. It's like, shit. <laughs> I could pay him money and go to jail, lose all my shit, or I could just run. I could kill him. But, um, you know, have you ever thought of just having the town guard be background setting? Like, like a thought crossed my mind today, and then I want you guys to jump in with your kind mm-hmm. of opinions and views on this, but... Like, what if you had a town guard say, uh, in his standard Cockney accent, like, Oi, you can't park your horse there. You know, something like that. And be like, oh, it's all right. I'll I'll cut you some slack this time, but never again. You know, and maybe lead into an adventure hook. Like, not arrest the people, not arrest the PCs, not, but let them know, hey, you broke a rule, but nah, whatever, I don't care. Kind of just like include them in the setting dressing description. Yeah, absolutely. I think that oh, yeah. you know they would they would be a, a constant presence in a, in a in a town. You know, much like you would walk through the market district and see different wares for sale. You know, you would you would walk through a city and you would see the different guards. You would see them patrolling and going about their business. You might see them arresting people or breaking up fights. You know, sure. you might you might see the city guards in action where you're not actively involved. You know, I I think that would be kind of an interesting idea to sort of present the city guard as a credible threat it's like the pcs walk into town and they see like a lineup of criminals getting just put in shackles by the city guard you're just like okay we can't we got to tread lightly here the city guard means business you know um that's a good point about different cities too you can show that different cities have different sets of rules i mean you can have different laws from city to city in some cases and different levels of enforcement 
you know, you could walk into one city and you see you see a guard kind of leaning up against the wall with his arms folded, his head's down, and, you know, maybe his eyes are half closed. So you, you kind of get the idea that, you know, this, they're not doing a lot. And then you walk into another one and you have these shiny, you know, upright guards with their, their armor polished, you know, gl- you know uh, mirror, you know, shine. Looking glorious. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, a, and a huge be, you know, a huge billboard like directly in front when you walk in, listing the laws by number. You know, <laughs> and 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 the punishments that come with it. Yeah. So you know, you can kind of you kind of get that across to the uh, you know the the characters when they first walk into town. It's like, oh, well, what kind of town am I in? Uh, is this is this a place where I have to watch myself, or is this a place where mm-hmm. if I step on the grass, I'm going to pay a, a fifty gold piece fine? You know, right? Yeah. Well, and I've I've uh, in as a player, I've encountered towns where you're not allowed to draw steel. Like you can yeah. carry your weapons, but if you if we see naked steel, you, you know we're taking you in. Like you cannot draw weapons here in the town. Or mm. uh, I've also been in towns where where magic is expressly forbidden. Like if yeah. we have if we see anyone so much as uttering a cantrip, like <laughs> the, it's just not going to happen. And that right. you know that might speak to the town's history. It might speak to an incident that's happened recently. And like you're saying, Barker, it could lead to adventure hooks. Like, why is everyone in this town so skittish around magic? Well, you know, a bunch of people got taken by a necromancer, th- you know, mm-hmm. two years ago, and he lives in the in this tower off in the mountains. And the PCs go, hmm, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. we we had an around the town about the blacksmith and how it can it can say a lot about the town that it's in based on what he makes and and what sort of you know clients that he caters to the same could be said of the city guard like their rules how they go about doing their business and all that says a lot about the town and the culture of the town yeah exactly it speaks to the history if this town has been overrun by orcs dozens and dozens of times and you're a half orc coming into town oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get some serious harassment they're gonna get the eyes on you that well, yeah. that's it. Yeah, if if you even rub your nose the wrong way, the guard will be coming. What are you up to? Get some ID? Hey. You know <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what? I, I wasn't doing anything. All right, come along. Come over here. Next thing you know, they're beating you with a stick. And yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you gave them. Because you gave them lip. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, yeah. I mean, you can really set like like you were saying, Matt. Set the mood of the town. Set yeah. the. Uh, yeah. In in the world of NK, my homebrew, they, there's a, a region where. Uh, magic is forbidden because it's so powerful, but that doesn't mean that you know the upper classes don't use it. In fact, it, you know, <laughs> in this setting, it was forbidden because uh, regeneration magic, like reincarnation and bringing people back to life, uh, they didn't. You know, that's something that you don't want in the hands of the poor. You just want that in the nobles, <laughs> you know, right. arsenal, right. so they can continue ruling and. And so it kind of created this rebellion, like, hey, we want to live forever, too. Like, come on. And, and, and so that was a great plot hook as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of different reasons why, you know, magic or weapons would be forbidden in the hands of people that, you know, are not the wealthiest individuals. Well, this brings up this, this brings up a really good point that I've that I've tried to address in my world, which is how do you arrest spellcasters? Yeah, you know, with mm-hmm. a, with a, with a, a guy with a sword, you take away his sword, take away his armor, and put him in shackles, and he's he's pretty much set, you yeah. know. But if you have a spellcaster who can cast cantrips, who can cast, you know, almost anything, then then that's a harder deal to 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 work with, because you either have to keep him completely immobilized and gagged for the entire time he's imprisoned, mm-hmm. or you have to have some sort of means to s- suppress 
their magic, which is which is the direction I took. I have um, I have these magically enhanced shackles that they mm-hmm. that they put on to that essentially bind a wizard's magic so that they can't cast any spells while they're wearing these things. So if you're arrested as a spellcaster, they slap these things on you, and you're pretty much just a guy at that point. Yeah, I've had. Um... Uh, they weren't necessarily guards, but they were. I mean, they were they were pretty much lawmen who specifically dealt with magic users. They were the they were the SWAT team that you called in when there was you know rogue <laughs> magic users, and they were they yeah. weren't magic users themselves, but they were specifically trained to disrupt magic, and they had oh, nice. certain items that they could use to dispel magic and immobilize magic users. And so you didn't want to run afoul of these guys if you mm-hmm. were a wizard. Um, mm. And then it's that kind of like the. Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. No, I was going to say that, that that's kind of like the uh, the wardens in Harry in the Dresden Files. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, there's actually um, that leads to another point: is have you guys ever used city guards that are capable of doing magic? Oh yeah. No. <clears throat> and I, and I feel like like I'm embarrassed to say, but like that's such an a thing, well, like an obvious thing. Like oh, I should totally do that. But it's no, not- I've. Mine it's, are so cliche. Yeah, well, it's not necessarily something that would occur to you immediately. Because it's something that I only recently started toying with in Aranoth. There are these mm-hmm. guys called augers who are... They're basically magic CSI. They show yeah, up nice. to crime scenes and use divination and stuff to basically find out what happened. Like, they use all of, the, mm-hmm. all of these kind of minor divine spells to, you know, learn more about the crime scene and supply their sort of knowledge and they also use their magic to kind of like probe people's thoughts awesome. and stuff like that and so they're kind of like feared by criminals these augers because they're yeah. like oh they know things they shouldn't know and stuff like that so yeah and I, I did something kind of similar in my world with the you know they were uh with uh, uh law enforcement magicians who would go in like you said and, and investigate crimes mm-hmm. but then on the flip side the thieves guild employed their own spellcasters to create uh, magic items that ooh, they could yeah. you know like throw it on the floor and break and it would just send this sort of disruptive magic into the room that just would uh would you Conceal know counteract that yeah. yeah magical yeah. bleach that you just pour yeah. on everything <laughs> kind of yeah yeah it, yeah it was, it was, awesome, it was you know, just, just this flack that that would you know, interrupt that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and at risk of, you know, bringing up the Dresden files for like three or four times in this podcast. <laughs> and I, you know, I've read Batman now, Matt, so you got to yeah, hit up. I know. But, I know. I just got to sit here quietly and take it. I know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, if you're interested, honestly, I believe reading the Dresden files or specifically listening to the audiobooks <laughs> narrated by James Marsters. Uh, Definitely. Specifically, I think that not only makes you a better DM or GM or whatever, but, if you're looking to include law enforcement and investigation in your games, specifically mm. if the players' characters themselves are investigating, oh my gosh, you gotta listen to those books because that's yeah. all those books are right. is a, a, a mm. wizard investigating. Yeah, crime. He's a private investigator. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I would also suggest looking at at real law enforcement as well. Mm-hmm. Look at what they do. Look at you know, and and yeah, I mean, if you're playing in a role playing game, you can look at things like CSI as well, and yeah. and you know, TV shows, but also just kind of think about it in terms of how law enforcement really works, and uh, and then think of how that would apply to a world where there are things like magic, where there are things like monsters and curses and all these sort of things that uh, you know, our law enforcement fortunately doesn't have to deal with, right? Yeah. 
Well, you know, oh, go ahead, Matt. Please. I, w- I was just going to say it's it's worth it too to look beyond local law enforcement and look at you know mm-hmm. federal law enforcement yeah. and think about mm-hmm. you know are there is there anyone policing the entire realm? You know, are there are there U.S. marshals in my game? And nice, yeah. you know, thinking <clears throat> about you know, are there yeah, are there p- podcast? It's going <laughs> to be shut down. I'm sure. <laughs> NSA is all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and and I mean to to toot my own horn in Aeronoth, there is the convocation, and yes. the convocation employs these guys <laughs> called convokers who fly around mm-hmm. on griffins and police everything, and they're they're sort of heralded as heroes to some extent, but there's also a lot of like, what gives you the right to come in and stop this war that's happening between two countries? Like, yeah. we're we're not trying to involve the convocation, and so that that gives you a mm-hmm. lot of sort of fun stuff to think about is like you know if two medieval kingdoms are warring with each other and a bunch of guys on griffins come in and say hey stop or we'll kill all of you and you say like okay (laughs) i I did did, nobody called you you know nobody asked (laughs) yeah nobody asked you guys to come here it it kind of it sets up some fun sort of dynamics and Mm -hmm. so i i would think about like on a global scale on us on the scale of an entire country or kingdom are there lawmen who are operating inside of your mm-hmm. world? It, it's interesting. I think that's that's an amazing idea. Uh, the, kind of the the global viewpoint, uh, even if it's just global as in an entire town, yeah, or an entire city, or an entire world, you know. But um, at, on the smaller scale, you know, this thought just jumped into my brain. But you know how you have that cliche quest, like I mentioned before, the wizard in the corner of the tavern, yeah. mm-hmm. twiddling their fingers, and there's like a magical energy. And <laughs> I need you to get this box. Of- I've been waiting for you for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for yeah, ten other D and D groups passed right by me, and I couldn't give them this quest. None of them but- took the bait. <laughs> but you know, take have have your characters t- maybe. Hear that quest. Hear that cliche, dumb quest that we always hear about. <laughs> and then have the town guard. Because here's the thing. Let me go back a little bit. If your characters are so powerful, the town guard isn't going to sit there and be like, hey, 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 we need to keep these guys under wraps. You know, we need to keep them down. They might try to hire them. So yeah. have your town guard try to hire the characters for the exact same quest, but for a different purpose or mm-hmm. for a different... Uh, mm. motive or something like that. So, yeah. you know, it, that uh, that sort of conflict of interest is super fun for a game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've used law enforcement guys for quest givers before, and it it's always kind of interesting to do because the players are always ready to hate this guy. Like, oh, this guy's the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. constable of this town. He's going to suck, you know, <laughs> and then they meet an him. And, yeah, and then they meet him and he's like, you know, he has the town's best interest at heart. He's just completely strapped for resources. He doesn't have enough guys. And he's like, listen, this bugbear is just eating everybody and we would really appreciate <laughs> it if you help us out, you know? Like, I mean, he everybody. ate five of my guys he's last week. eating <laughs> Literally everybody. <laughs> and we have like twelve people left in this town. Please, for the love of God, eating everybody. Eat my arm. Look. Oh, no, that actually, Alex. It was, it's funny that you say that. I had the constable character. I I had. He had a peg leg, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. that's bugbear ate my leg." Like I <laughs> here, as if you didn't need any more physical evidence other yeah, than the fact that there's look. nobody in this city anymore. <laughs> he's my leg everything. is gone. He ate it with I can't his. Get that Mouth. back. <laughs> I can't get that back. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, do you guys want to answer a question from the listeners? Yes, I do. do. Yeah, we is can there, do that. Is there anything you want to add before we do so? I think we did a pretty good job of uh, overviewing it, and I think the more topics will c- arise through these questions, I think. Yeah, probably. I think there were some pretty good ones. So. Oh my gosh, and tons of them. So Yeah. That's because you posted it, Matt. That's yep. what happened. Yeah, I posted it uh, magic, earlier magic, than five Matt. minutes before we recorded. So. Oh, nice. Okay, so the number Ouch. one, the, the, if, if you're not sure how we do this, uh, we do take a question or two from the what, what hypothetical audience, quote unquote, uh, every, <laughs> every session, uh, every podcast <laughs> session. And we do that from our Facebook page at facebook.com slash roll up and die. And we take the one with the most likes on it. So if you ask a question, be sure to go through the other questions and like which ones you think are good. But um, yes. Then you can like your own. You can, uh, absolutely. Although yes, we'll all know cheating. that you're that guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Who you likes are, his own posts. You are that guy. And actually, you know what? This person that I'm about to call on is that guy. Oh, oh. no. But you know what? It's okay because he beat everybody else by, I think he has 14 likes. The next down has seven. So. Oh, damn. All right. Holy yeah. cow. Nice. You didn't need away. to be that guy, Bradlin. Uh, <laughs> Just calm it down. Uh, okay, let's. I'm going to read the question, and you guys decide if we've already answered it or not. So, all right. His name is Bradlin W. Uh, how can you make a guard slash officer actually believable and have their words carry weight? The archetypal guard I think of is from Oblivion, with "Stop right there, criminal scum," and then you <laughs> kill him. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's Jesus. that pretty much narrows it down. Actually, shit, I got nothing else to add. What do you need to add to a guard to make him? be taken seriously i would say you know like we were saying earlier you know guards would would have pretty decent equipment you know they would have good steel they would have you know potentially fairly nice armor um and also they would they would not really operate alone i don't imagine i imagine that they would you know probably work in partners or even groups and i think showing the guards in action in some fashion would sort of drive home to your players that they're not to be trifled with. Like we used the example earlier of actually showing the guards, bringing a bunch of people in, yeah. you know, for questioning or something like that. So, well, and, and even, uh, even better, you could add on to that and show, you know, show some tough fighter like outside the city getting, you know, kicking some other one's ass, you know, showing that he's a tough guy and then later showing him being arrested in the city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the guards can take that guy in. Oh, shit. That's oh right. Gosh. That's but right. Also, I mean, it doesn't really show them as being, tough per se but uh another idea is to show you know guards aren't always on duty so show yeah. a couple guards you know having a rat fight or playing cards or you know something and then you know they see a fight break out and they're like nah we're off duty yeah well Sorry. and the thing is just like football players you know they're they're all huge you know yeah. and that, they do that for a reason they, they 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 hire the biggest guys they can find to to you know, run to other big guys. Their so, job is to be big guys. That's really yeah, what their job. Exactly. Is. So make make them imp- make them impressive. Give them impressive armor. Uh, the other thing you can do is give them tools that make them formidable, and like you could have, uh, you know, like kind of a you know some kind of uh, grenade type device they can throw, uh, an alchemical device or magical device they can throw that would like paralyze you know mm-hmm. a bunch of people mm-hmm. in an yep. area. You know, and and make it make it really tough, so that you would have to be, you know, so high level to resist it that, you know, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't, you know, you could probably destroy the town anyway. So, you know, give them tools that they would use. You know, it would be disposable. It would be like a not disposable, but uh, consumable. 
Yeah, when when you consider that you know the town guard is a bunch of level fives that have you know mechanically speaking that have been hired and funded and equipped by a level ten, yeah. you know it's it, it becomes a little bit more difficult. They're actually to, fairly formidable. Yeah. 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 And and it's, the city itself could have their own people working on these things, producing these you know these paralytic you know uh, devices that you know if if there's a fight going on just it just drops in the middle, boom, everyone's frozen. Yeah. Now he just goes in, mm-hmm. shackles him up. You know, it's like a magical flashbang kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love that idea. I, I like the idea of of the guards having something that you wouldn't necessarily think they would have. Like you know, they have a mage in their ranks, or mm-hmm. you know, a couple of them are walking around with hand hand crank repeating crossbows or something like yeah. that. You know, yeah. and you just you go, you, it makes you stop and go, oh, oh shit, these guys actually mean business. You could you could also have all these watch you know if, if it's a really high law city you could have all these watchtowers that like stretch above the city and you have these wizards sitting in them just in these cloaks looking down you know just oh yeah you know peering down <laughs> watching you know just like watching shark snipers. towers yeah. yeah right right <laughs> oh man yeah but I mean uh, if you think about it a, a lot of these cities in fantasy realms have existed for thousands of years thousands and so mm. you know. In a world of magic, tell me that the city hasn't thought of, you know, these 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 uh, these lawless adventures, these you know these orcs coming to the city, whatever it happens to be. They they they've had plenty of time to learn from their lessons and prepare for it. So they're going to have yeah. guards who have all these things that they can at the disposal that they can neutralize most threats with. Yes, yeah, and they're yeah. trained to do it exactly. That's, yeah. Think of make them more competent. like a Rainbow Six, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make make them competent, yeah. and then you can have like a higher level of that too. Like you know, like a SEAL team that they send out to uh, you know to deal with really you know problem adventurers, you know, yeah. who are getting into trouble. Well, that's like, like in, in you know in Game of Thrones. There's the there's the gold cloaks who are like the the lower level enforcers in the town. Yeah. But then you have you know the house guards of the ruling house. You know the yeah. Lannister and Baratheon <clears throat> guards. And then you have you know the King's Guard. And the King's Guard are primarily responsible for guarding the king. But sometimes you send out a King's Guard, you know, just to do something that no one else can. Like hey, take down the mountain. Yeah, take down yeah. the mountain. You know, just stuff like that. And so it's like, and you have also knights. Get, you know, get me the a banner zebra cake. <laughs> That's what I yeah, would give, do. Give me ten zebra cakes, uh, <laughs> just a single. Like yep. you know, and then you have these oath sworn knights who you can kind of send out to do things too. So there are tiers of city guard. You know, no two yeah. city guards are are the same. You would have these tiers of enforcement that are happening, and yeah, you know, maybe there's only ten of the elite guys, but you don't want them coming over to to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can also scale them too. I mean, you know, we we mentioned fifth level, but they they could be, they could be tenth level. These could be veterans. Remember, yeah, you know, cities cities were often the heart of of kingdoms at one point. So the guards in these cities could be war veterans from many campaigns where they did nothing but fight. Right, and mm-hmm. so these guys could be ten, ten, twelve, thirteenth level, and so you know, making them really formidable, especially if you're, you know, a low-level uh, character going into the city. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Well, there you go, Bradlin. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> I, th- I think so. Times. I think so. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go to the next one, though, because I yeah, actually, I, I've been thinking about this this week, and I really want to answer this one. Uh, the next one down is Joshua B., and he sa- he asks, in, in relevance to the crime solvers part, kind of like, I, I'm guessing he means like the CSI mm-hmm. type of adventurers. 
How can you make something like looking for clues more interesting than a simple perception role? And let, uh, this is an idea that just you know <clears throat> popped into my head this week. I've been thinking about it, but like write up your adventure module in three parts. Um, I'm going to give you a really, really terrible example right now, but <laughs> I can't uh, wait. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the first part is finding the crime scene, and you find three items. You don't know what those three items are yet, except for you know maybe you know that. One is it has to do with a caravan. The second scene is guarding the or finding the caravan and defending it from bandits that are trying to raid it. And you realize that the caravan is full of salt or something, you know, like mm-hmm. alchemical ingredients. I, I've gone. I actually mentioned this sort of idea in a video of mine. Uh, I'd be a better game master. And then, th- for for some reason, that leads you to a wizard's tower because the wizards were the wizard was controlling the bandits to you know raid this ban- uh, this uh, this caravan. And then you take three clues from each of those scenes, okay, mm-hmm. and you put them in the first scene, one from each. So like you put uh, you see salt on the floor next to a blood stain, uh, and mm-hmm. inside the blood stain is the footprint of a wolf, and you see. Uh, a letter on the nightstand that mentions this caravan that they're going to get on the next day. And you realize that these bandits who are, who have, you know, like, I don't know, killed this person so they can plot their raid on this caravan or get more information about this caravan are, are wolf riders. And so that's why there's the wolf paw print and they're, raiding the the caravan so they can get these alchemical ingredients and bring them to the wizard. So, like, if you take, you know, perception checks, you know, if you, oh, oh, you rolled a 20. Okay, you you know that these clues mean this. That's not necessarily the case. You know that this clue means that there's bandits working for a wizard. That's dumb. But instead, just, you know, have them find three clues that at the time seem unrelated. But over the course of the adventure, it's like, oh, kind of get it. Well, and I, and I like the idea, too, of the actual, like, rolling. I'm a big fan of asking my players, well, what are you looking for? You know, I don't like the idea of, like, I want to search the room. I, I'm going to roll my investigate, you know? And it's like, well, what specifically are you looking for? And they might say, oh, I'm looking for footprints. Or I'm going to search all the drawers yeah. in the desk. Or, you know, I'm specifically looking for signs of struggle. You mm. know, and, and, and when they tell me that, then that that gives me a little bit more to go on about what they what direction they're yeah. heading, wh- where their minds yeah. are going. Um, and so it's, it is always a good idea to say, what are you looking for? And you could make it so the more specific they are about what they're looking for, maybe the lower the DC. Exactly. So if they say, and I, yeah. I do that quite yeah. a bit. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it takes you, you know, an hour to thoroughly look in a room. It takes yeah. you five minutes to thoroughly search a desk, you know? So yeah. the DC yeah. is absolutely going to be lower. Yeah, for sure. I, I would give two things on that. One is that, no matter what they roll, even if they fail, give them something. Yes. Because, you know, uh, th- this, there's going to be a degree of success and failure. So maybe you don't give them as much if they fail. Or maybe if they roll a one, you give them a, a, a red herring, something that takes them in a different direction. Could be could be interesting, too. But, you know, so you give them a, a degree of success or failure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> don't make it just, you know, all or nothing. Because that, 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 that can be boring, and it can put a really, just put a roadblock right in the middle of your adventure. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that the character would be like, I'm going to spend 10 minutes and search the room, and you go, ah, you don't find anything. It's like, really? Was I searching with my eyes closed? I didn't find anything? It's just better to have them not Game's over. Just tell them, you know? I mean, always ask yourself, like, what happens if they fail the role? Like, do I have a backup plan? And if you don't, then just have them, just give it to them. Yeah. Like, 
and and that's the other thing reward cleverness if yeah. if a, if, a, if a player decides they're going to look someplace saying um i'm going to check this you know area for this clue mm-hmm. and maybe it's something you hadn't thought of but it's really clever yeah. give it to them give them something that they that, that's a clue make it up on the spot whatever you whatever you have to do because they're going to feel really clever they're going to feel awesome and you're going to have a better adventure yeah you know, get I've... them that give give them that something Exactly. Yeah. I've had, I, you know, I, I ran a Call of Cthulhu session where there was a murder, and imagine that, a murder in a Call of Cthulhu session? And what? one of the players was like, you know, I want to look at the direction of this blood splatter and follow it backwards to find out where this shot came from, you know? Oh, and that awesome. was like one of those yeah. things where I was like, I'm not even going to make you roll. Like, you're That's able right, to, sh- yeah. you know, like, find mm-hmm. out where the shooter was standing Definitely. when he when he shot and, like, Definitely. what angle he was at and all of that, so. Uh, and this is kind of leading into a, a whole other subject, but, you know, on that note, if someone asks, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I look around. If they do something creative, I look for a strange symbol on the floor, and or you know, that's not the most creative thing that a player could say. But you know, for example, <laughs> you know, you can always say you if it could be a clue that you as the GM don't even understand. Like you can yeah. say it's a symbol, it's a triangle inside of a circle, you know, on the floor, and then be like, all right, guys, five minute break. I got to you know poop, and then you bring your notebook to the bathroom. <laughs> And your pen, and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. What does that mean? While, <laughs> while you're while you're pooping into the ice bucket, you can figure out yeah. what you're. <laughs> Wait, you're pooping into the ice bucket and puking into the toilet uh, because and you're a bad decision maker. When, when, well, now we got to keep that in the banter because yeah. otherwise, no one will know what the hell we're talking yeah, exactly. about. Exactly. You're poor, poor planning both as a defecator and a GM. Right? I'm just saying. So. Oh god. But uh, yeah, you, you you can definitely make up stuff like that in the spot if you if you're if you're stuck and just. For uh, sure. Work it in somewhere else later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, let's come up with an idea that our listeners can steal. What? What yeah. say you? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'm I'm excited, but you know, whatever. It's you know, Matt's just here for the royalties. So, I mean, we we do this every week. It's not that exciting. We haven't done this in three weeks. Well, we've done it. <laughs> we, did we, did it it. Week, we, we did it last week. We did it last week, Barbara. No, it didn't no, happen. Just no one will ever hear it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, they could hear it, but we'd all be... No, it'd just be awful. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so let's make a town guard that seems unique. What, what, I mean, do you guys have any better ideas than that? Or do you just oh, want yeah. To? I mean, that In sounds fact, good to me. Are we, are I, we making I, a I've specific I've just created guard a town or? guard for my new campaign, so... Oh. Oh, okay, all right. Well, oh, oh, oh. I'm going to be one and two. Piano. <laughs> Matt, you're three and four, and mm-hmm. Alex, you're five and six. I got my Watto's Fate die in my hand. Rolling. Nice. And, oh, that's a one, so that is me. Uh, I am going to say... I, I like the idea of a small... Like, the, there's the town guard, but this group is in more in particular they're a small group maybe three people of specialized uh investigators maybe magic users maybe one specializes in detecting magic one specializes in fighting they all have their own specialty and they're kind of like you know like you guys mentioned before a csi investigating Mm. team they're detectives the town guard the regular town guard is in charge of you know stopping brawls in the streets and keeping people from unleashing their swords these people they're the they're homicide basically Mm. so Mm. i think we should start with a, a small group such as that Okay. All right. So next up is five. So I think that was Alex. Yep, that's Alex. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, the unique one of the unique things about these guys is that they are um, uh, they are warforged. They are they are they are uh, they are. are, I uh, need to go change my shorts really quick. (laughs) 
Get, I'm getting an argy bargy over here. <laughs> getting an argy bargy. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So they're, they're warforged. They, they were they were created specifically for this purpose. So they are uh, uh, an artificer. Uh, you know, gave them gave them life, and that, and then so these uh, these constructs are designed for this purpose, and and they are um, singular in their duty that they must find the truth above all else. Oh my gosh, Man, that's amazing. that is awesome. Um, hold on one second. Oh, shit. Matt, that's you. Um, oh, wow. Yes. What are the odds? Yes. Um, I was hoping it would be me. Uh, so, <laughs> what? I have two things. The first thing is that when the, when the PCs arrive in this town, they hear a story about how this group of Warforged, who we will call the Seekers, mm-hmm. the Seekers actually brought down, like, one of the biggest crime families in the city. Um, it was a case that they had been working for a couple of years and they managed to just bring this family down and basically rid the streets of all of their thugs and create a safer environment for the city. And so everyone is kind of talking about this and it sort of, uh, serves to tell the PCs both about the seekers without just saying, Oh, and by the way, in this town, there's a group of robots who solve crimes. Like it's it's a it's a nice way to to tell the PCs about them and also illustrate their effectiveness. But the second thing is that one of these Warforged is having second thoughts about its purpose. And because they were made so intelligent, because they were made to reason and think and deduce and solve problems, one of them has started to think, I don't want to do this anymore. And has started working with criminals in the city to basically work his way out of the Seekers. Um, and potentially, he's being paid off to help destroy the rest of the Seekers. And so, basically, the Seekers nice. have a, a <gasps> renegade in their ranks. Maybe, maybe, how about this? Yeah. Maybe there were four Seekers, but they're investigating the murder of, the, of one of the four Seekers. Nice. And it was actually this Warforged that did it. Yeah. Nice. Oh, Bam. My, the one thing that blows about this podcast is we really can't use these in the provokers. Of the I, know. Of I know. <laughs> I know, man. Like, I can't I can't just drop the seekers into my campaign world because it's like, oh, well, we, you know, that was uh, we all made that. I'll but... pretend uh, that we didn't make that. Joke. Yeah, we didn't make that. But hey, no, that I, is it. That is I'm really not proud. Awesome. I'm putting it in my world. So yeah. See, I was going to ask you, actually, Alex, are you running a campaign in your world online currently? Uh, well, uh, I'm running the Norbrick campaign, but I'm just uh, tomorrow. In fact, I'm starting up a brand new campaign. the uh, uh, the two year The two year one ended a while back, and so we've been kind of I've been kind of building up for the new campaign, which is starting tomorrow. Oh, that's, that's awesome. so awesome! I so, can't yeah. wait. And, and yeah, we'll, I, I, we'll I, I, and in fact, channel. I decided to have uh, Warforged as the law enforcement of the city. the uh, The setting itself is uh, it's 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 very much like uh, like Greece at the height of its. Uh, um, wow. uh, at the height of its intellect, you know, with awesome. uh, the the birth of democracy and, and knowledge. And oh wisdom, God, I thought you meant the John Travolta movie. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, that was my first thought. <laughs> you better and, shape and, up. And and and, and, and then I and, cops and, robots. and then I and then I so, and then and then I sobered up, and then I decided to go with the. Uh, the <laughs> it's as if a million voices suddenly chugged their beers and were silenced. <laughs> 
Now that sounds awesome, Alex, and I, I can't wait to see that. I'm definitely going to be tuning in for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Very it's going to cool. be fun. Uh, and I think last, before we kind of close out, uh, Nathan Like on our page posted a hot and ready hack. I <laughs> saw that, and I'm going to try that, man. Jeez. Oh God, so amazing. So it's, it's marinara and buffalo ranch mixed yes. together for marinara dipping. Marinara and buffalo ranch for dipping your hot and ready. And uh, oh you know what? Gosh. My favorite part of the video is he said hot and ready, and he took a drink right after he said it. Oh! <laughs> Nice. I didn't even notice that. He's oh, playing the game like points. a champ. I know. Bonus so, points. Check it out. Facebook.com slash roll up and die. You can see it on one of the posts to our page. But uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Leave him a comment because, yeah, dude, props. You're on, on point, <laughs> sir. On point. But, uh, You're our number one fan. But, uh, <laughs> but happy Sunday, gamers. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Roll Up and Die, the uh, you know around the town special of Town Guard. My name is Barker from Be a Better Game Master. And my name is Batman. <laughs> Didn't you say that the last one? Yeah, I had to do it again because no one's yeah. ever going to hear yeah, it. Yeah, no one will hear it. <laughs> and my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. I'm not really Batman. Oh. You guys know that, right? Yeah, oh. probably. I think I Shit. did that one the last one, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. you did. Or was it the time before? It was both. No, last I, one, I yeah. don't. I just don't want to get redundant, you know? <laughs> I think it has to end with that every time now. It's the new Godspeed. Blah, blah. <laughs> this show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of the show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.